So I'm going to be opening up by reading Mark 16, verses 1 through 7. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary, the mother of James, and Salome brought spices so that they may go to anoint Jesus' body. Very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb and they asked each other, who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. And as they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. But don't be alarmed, he said. You were looking for Jesus, the Nazarene, who was crucified. But he is risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go and tell his disciples and Peter, he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. Well, imagine being in that group of women with them, going to the tomb, horribly disappointed. Their leader, their rabbi, their teacher, the hope in which, the way in which they thought God was going to do things, died on Friday. And here they are, left in mourning, left in disappointment. Imagine yourself in that scene, and they forget a pretty big uh, important thing that on their way they remember who is going to roll away the stone that is on front of the tomb that's just what happens when you're in mourning isn't it you forget some pretty big details you, f- you forget some uh, important things yesterday my my dad called me and and said that my mom was in the ER and uh, she's there now and I would love appreciate your your prayer she's in the ICU and and getting to the ER I uh, went to the ER, checked in, and they said which way to go. They said, take a, take a right, then a left, and then see some glass, and then take another left. And I, I was like, okay, got it. And I started walking and then instantly forgot where I was going. I'm sure you've experienced that before, especially in a hospital, especially under distress. And uh, my mom is somewhat stable now, and, and would just love your prayers for that. But they put a badge on me, and instead of saying my name, it said what room I was supposed to go to. So I kid you not, three people stopped me along the way and were like, sir, are you looking for this room? It's, it's not where you're going. It's over here. And so they pointed me again, down this hall to the left. I was like, okay, got it, down the hall to the, to the what now? And, and uh, just forgot. And, and just, that's just what happens when you're in stress, when you're in grieving. And these women coming to the tomb, they are no different. They come, they are totally just in grief, all their hope, the way that they thought God was going to do it, it died. Jesus died on Friday. They could have known. It says in Scripture, this is the the book of Mark that uh, David just read. In the book of Mark, it says in chapter 8, it says that Jesus says the Son of God must undergo great suffering, and then it says he must be killed and after three days rise again. And you know what happens after Jesus tells his disciples this? Peter takes Jesus aside and rebukes Jesus. So Peter didn't get it. That was the plan. The deal was, according to the Lord, he was going to die. And he taught that his death was going to be a death for all, a death to cover sin. And then he would rise again. The next chapter is is Mark chapter 9 and verse 30. Jesus says again, I mean, how much clearer can he be? The Son of Man is going to be delivered into the hands of men, They will kill him, and after three days, he will rise. Now, I know a little bit about teaching. I got my undergrad 
in teaching high school biology, and I've done some college teaching, and it doesn't really matter the level. It doesn't really matter as a teacher what you say to your students. Not all of them are going to get it. You can say, this is important. You can say, write this down. You could even say, my favorite, this is going to be on the test. (laughs) And sure enough, there'll be some that just don't get it. In one ear, out the other. And what's more is that the disciples here, the followers of Jesus, they didn't have any category for resurrection. We all know the story. Even my my four-year-old here, he knows the story. He knows what Easter is about. He knows that the tomb is empty and Jesus rises from the dead. His body is resurrected. We look at it in hindsight, but they had no category for a resurrection. They had some category for resuscitation, like Jesus heals uh, a young boy, a a girl. Lazarus is a famous example in, in the text of Scripture. But they had no category for the horrible, horrible way in which Jesus died on Friday. They had no category for him to be raised from the dead, resurrected, and appearing to people, not as a ghost, but as someone that they could touch. They they were able to touch Jesus. They were able to sit down and eat and share a meal with him. How could they have not gotten it? Well, maybe they just didn't have a category for it. Maybe their, their way that they thought God was going to do things was just different than what happened. Let me lighten the mood. Um, Back in fifth grade, uh, I I lived in upstate New York. My dad was stationed there. um, And and we had a fifth grade end-of-the-year field trip to the Herkimer Diamond Mines. Doesn't that sound fun? And so the whole year, on day one, um, we as as a class were told about the Herkimer Diamond Mines and how we're going to go. And and me and my little fifth grade buddies, we'd get together and say, okay, so if one of us finds a diamond, let's split it all so we can all get an Atari and, and a big TV because that's what was popular back then. We're like, yes, high-fiving each other. And if we had listened to the teacher, he would have said something about the Herkimer diamonds not being diamonds, uh, being quartz crystals, like like this. And this is a huge one. If this was a diamond, we'd all be rich right now. Um, But this is a quartz crystal. It's not worth much. Any kids want this? Yeah? Ashley wants it. Okay, Ashley gets the quartz crystal. Save that. It might be worth something. Um... It's, it's at least worth a couple bucks, maybe. And if I would have listened to my teacher, he, he said, I remember him saying, in hindsight, he was like, there's no diamonds, kids, it's quartz crystals. But it just went in one ear and out the ear, out the other, and we were just talking about how we're all going to have Ataris and be rich because we're going to find a diamond. And uh, the other thing was that this movie called The Goonies was out when I was a kid. And we imagined crawling through mines, like mine shafts, and we imagined caving and finding buried treasure. And if we had listened to the teacher, he said, kids, you're not going to need flashlights. You're not going to need that. And we just went in one ear and out the other because we had this great idea of what the Herkimer Diamond Mine was. And so the day came, end of the year came, and we got there. And as you can imagine, there was no diamonds. The, 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 the tour guide was like, uh, there's no diamonds here, kids. A Herkimer diamond is a quartz. And we're just like, what? Like, well, how does, what does this mean? And uh, the, sure enough, there was no like mines to go into. It was literally just a pile of rocks. So our whole excitement in fifth grade was about a pile of rocks. And they didn't even give us a hammer because they didn't trust us. So going back to the text, this story, the, the, the disciples, the believers, they could have had an idea um, of how it was supposed to happen, if they would, would have listened better, if they would have, I don't know, there's mystery here, but what they thought was just different than what happened. And they were so disappointed at Jesus' death. 
But here's the first point. If you're writing down sermon points, as as some of you do, the, the sermon point is this. Number one, Christianity is not the religion of a dead rabbi, but the living Lord. Christianity is not the religion of a dead rabbi, but the living Lord. Every other religion that I know of, uh, respectfully thinking of them, all the leaders are, died, and that's just the way it was. Buddha, Muhammad, Confucius, uh, Joseph Smith, they, they died. Jesus died as well, truly died, but then rose from the grave. His tomb was empty. And he, he didn't just resuscitate, he was new, a new creation, new resurrection. And this same power is available to us. Let me tell you another story. Uh, a couple years ago, uh, I had a guy, he was an atheist, and he was calling churches to try to talk to a pastor, and uh, he called New Life Church, and somebody on the phone forwarded him to me, because they're like, oh, Joe will talk to him, and uh, sure enough, I did, and it actually was a really cool conversation. We talked on the phone. He was a college kid uh, from the local community college. He was the president of the Atheist Club, and we hit it off over the phone. He wasn't just calling to fight. He, he really wanted to, to talk and to dialogue. And what's more, he, uh, he wanted to maybe set up a debate at, at his college. And so I was like, ah, I'm weary of that, but let's go to coffee. Let's talk some more. And so we did. We went to coffee. We ended up doing a debate. Uh, afterwards, after one of the debates, uh, a guy came up. This was the only negative criticism we ever got. He came up and said, that debate stunk. And we were like, really? What? He was like, yeah, you guys seemed like friends up there. And we were like, well, good. That's, that's, that should be the way a debate works. But anyways, one of the, during the coffee conversations and the debate, I felt like uh, one time I got him. Like one time I was like, man, I, I made a great point, and he just didn't have anything to say. And he, he kind of set himself up for it. We were talking about uh, near-death experiences, when, when someone legitimately dies and, and they're dead for a certain amount of time. It's usually a couple minutes or uh, whatever. The, the heart stops, the brain stops, and they're legitimately dead and then they come back to life. Maybe the doctors rush in and the defibrillator, and then the person comes back to life. We have these, these stories that people will talk about their story, and there's maybe some medical evidence that they did in fact die, and they, they will talk about it. And what's interesting is they have stories of that time when they were dead. And some of those stories, there seems to be some similarities. People will talk about uh, uh, feeling of levitation. People will talk about... Um, just heading towards a light. There's just similarities. So anyways, me and this atheist were talking, and I was like, doesn't that mean something? I mean, isn't it, you know, scientifically, secularly speaking, isn't that something? And he was like, mm, not really something. And I was like, isn't it something? He said, no, not really something. And I said, well, why not? And he said, well, they're, 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 dead. they're not dead that long, these, these near-death experiences. Um, they could just be having a dream as they wake up. It's just not, it's not something. And I was like, well, it seems like something. He's like, nah, not something. And, and he said, well, what would really be something? And this is what he said. What would really be something if, is if someone had died for like a couple days. If someone died for a couple days and they were like truly dead and, and then they came back and he said, I would listen to them and I would, I would, I would believe what they had to say, that that would be proof. And I was like, that's exactly what happened with Jesus. He died. He was truly, truly dead for a couple days, and then he rose from the grave. He was not in the tomb. His body was not there. He was resurrected, a new body, and, and the mystery of that and the newness of that creation was so awesome, and that power is here today. And his only response was, 
huh, yeah, I guess I got to think about that. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's something to think about. <laughs> C.S. Lewis um, made this argument, because a lot of people, my friend the atheist, uh, I imagine maybe some of you in here, if you, if you just go out and talk casually with people about uh, who Jesus is, most people, I think, would be respectful. They would say, oh, Jesus was a good guy. Jesus was a good teacher. And C.S. Lewis, the, the author of The Lion, the Witch, the Wardrobe, you kids seen that? That's what I'm talking about. Um, he also wrote some Christian books, uh, some nonfiction Christian books. And in one of those books called Mere Christianity, he says this. He says that Jesus could only have been a liar, a lunatic, or Lord. And this argument, if you've never heard of it, says that don't make the mistake that Jesus was just a good teacher. So many people say that. Oh, he's a good guy. He was a good teacher. But he just, yeah, that's all he was. C.S. Lewis makes this argument uh, pretty famously that he could not have been just a good teacher because at the core of what he taught was that he was God and that his death on the cross was a death for all. So he can't just be a good teacher. If, the, if what he taught was in fact good, well, then it would be true. But if he's not a good teacher, well, if, if what he taught wasn't true, then he would, he would have been lying about it. He would have been lying that he was God. If what he said wasn't true, well, then he would have been crazy. Someone that's just saying that he's God, but not really. So the only option left is, is really, if you say he's a good teacher, that naturally goes into this argument that he must have been the Lord, that what he taught was, in fact, good. And these women coming to the tomb... And forgetting about the stone, but, but don't, don't have any fear. The stone was rolled away, and they, they go in, and they see an empty tomb, and there's this guy there. I, I believe it was an angel, and he says, he's not here. He's, he's risen from the dead. You're looking for him, but he's not here. And you go on, and you're going to see him a little bit later. That was a great sign, one of the many great signs in the gospel that Jesus would, was who he said he was. He was the Lord. So what will you do with this, this sign of resurrection if you, as you consider it? I had, uh, let me give you one more story uh, of a friend. This is many years ago when I was in college. Across the street from the college was this coffee shop called Grounds for Coffee. And me and my friend Jimmy would, would have coffee there. And we were sitting down with a gentleman who we already knew. And he, he was just kind of all over the place with his religion. He would, one day he would say he was a agnostic. Another day he'd say, uh, I'm a Hindu. Another day he would say he's a Buddhist. Never a Christian. In my mind, that, I think it took him too much uh, submitting to, to the Lord to be a Christian, too much faith to, to be a Christian. He didn't want to do that. He, didn't wanna, he, he liked religions where he could just take little bits of pieces of. But anyways, I'm having a conversation. Me and my friend Jimmy, who's also a believer, we're across this coffee table, or a table at the coffee shop with a friend, and we're talking, and he's, he's chatting about uh, Christianity and how he won't be a Christian, how if, if he really had it the way he would want it, then he would see a great sign. He would want to see a miraculous sign. And he said, like, even something simple, like, what if this coffee cup just, like, you know, jumped up off the table? You know, then I would, I, then I, I would have some faith in what you guys are saying, and I just need a sign. I don't want to believe without a sign. And he was rambling on and talking about this, and the darndest thing happened. Sure enough, like, somebody sitting next to our table uh, was kind of a larger, bigger-boned gentleman, um, he got up from his chair, and sure enough, his, like the back of his belt hit the table. And wouldn't you know it, this coffee cup, as he's rambling, the coffee cup goes up and hits, it comes up, 
it doesn't hover or anything, but it comes back down, spills coffee all over the place, and the guy is just so apologetic. But me and my friend Jimmy are just like, dude, dude, because that's how I talked back then. Um, dude, look at this. What do you think? Whoa, what is that? And he said, well, I don't know. He's like, we just asked for a sign, and this, what about this? And he said, eh, I, I don't know. I need to think about it. I just don't. And it was amazing. Like, I witnessed this thing that was just pretty cool. Still to this day, I'm like, man, that was pretty cool that day in that coffee shop. And the same guy that was talking and rambling about believing in God if he saw this coffee cup, he saw it too. And it was just this thing where he's like, oh, I don't think so. I don't, I don't know. I just kind of the shrug of the shoulders and I don't think I want to believe that now. That's just not, I don't think so. So what are you going to do with this sign? Will you maybe just shrug your shoulders and say, yeah, Jesus was kind of a good guy, but that, that doesn't work. If he's good, well, then he, he's, he was who he said he was. He was the Lord, and, and his death on the cross was a death for all. So what will you do with that? Will you repent and believe? That's, that's what Jesus calls us to do throughout the Gospels. Jesus says, repent and believe. Repent and believe, and you'll be saved. Every one of you, repent and believe. And there's, there's the resurrection. The disciples witnessed it. The, these women go from the tomb. They, they tell the disciples, Jesus appears to them. Jesus appears to the disciples. And the disciples see something. They see the resurrected Lord and their whole life, they are willing to go to their grisly death in order to proclaim that what they saw was in fact true. This great sign of new life, a new life that can be had now, that the same resurrection power 2,000 years ago that rose Christ from the dead is here now to resurrect our lives from the dead. So Christ is risen and the demons flee. Christ is risen and the angels rejoice. Christ is risen and life reigns. Christ is risen and not one dead will remain in the grave. Christ is risen, trampling down death by his death. Christ is risen and there's spiritual life in Manitou Springs. Christ is risen from the dead and truth is being declared here in this town hall. Amen. But as you go, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift his countenance upon you and give you peace. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen.